0: Father, we thank you for your spirit who is here to give love and power and a sound mind. And I pray, Father, that you would comfort us, that you would give us peace and that you would give us assurance, reassurance that you are with us. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. God is good all the time. time. It's good to worship with you from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same. The name of the Lord is to be praised. I noticed in our windows as we reconnect with God in this series of worship that we have a, a pretty strong sheep and shepherd theme going. We have a number of uh, Rod's there, Moses, and then the shepherd's staff, and uh, the sheep, and David, and then over here the shepherds who were present at the birth of Christ, and then the lamb, I would say the risen lamb uh, up there, and we will talk about that on Easter Sunday. But I wondered this morning as we begin to study God's Word, is the Lord your shepherd? I have no doubt that the Lord is A shepherd, we have that in Psalm 23, but I wonder if you've ever personalized that. Dallas Willard says, the Lord is my shepherd, is written on more tombstones than it is on lives. I read about an older gentleman who was uh, uh, with uh, a crowd of people, a, a wonderful orator, was speaking and after he spoke and thrilled the crowd he took requests and somebody said Psalm 23 and he said who asked for that and it was the older gentleman who raised his hand and he said I'll, I'll say Psalm 23 if you'll come and repeat it after me and so uh, the uh, young orator in his very best uh, language Proclaimed, The Lord is my shepherd from memory, and the people stood and applauded. And then the older gentleman made his way to the front, and he also spoke, The Lord is my shepherd from Psalm 23, but in faltering, frail speech, with uh, leaning heavily on a cane. And when he finished, there was absolute silence in the room, and some were weeping. And the orator said, Let me tell you what just happened. I know the 23rd Psalm. But this man knows the shepherd. I wouldn't want us to leave here today without knowing the shepherd, the one whom Jesus called the good or beautiful shepherd. Would you open your Bibles with me to the Gospel of John? We've been studying in the Gospel of John as we consider the New Testament window, and we come today to John 10, one of the I Am sayings of Jesus. In fact, a couple of them, I Am the good shepherd, and also I am the gate or the door of the sheep. And let's stand together as we read God's Word, reconnecting with the good shepherd. Who needs a shepherd? Hear the word of the Lord. The Gospel of John, chapter 10, verse 1. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full." I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd, I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen, I must bring them also, they too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd, the reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again, No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. You may be seated. Jesus saw people differently than we do sometimes When he saw people in a lot of trouble, perhaps trouble that they had chosen to get into, Jesus saw these great crowds of people with all of their needs and said they are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When he taught in Luke chapter 15 about what it means to be lost and to be found, he told a story of a shepherd who owned a hundred sheep and only one of them was lost. And not content with a 99 on the test. He left the 99 so that he might go and find that one sheep that was lost. When he spoke about shepherds and sheep, Jesus was really just continuing the great tradition of the Old Testament. It's there in the identity of the great patriarchs, uh, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And Joseph said to the Pharaoh when he was in Egypt, he said, my people have always been Shepherds, will you let us settle in the land of Goshen where there is plenty of pasture for our sheep? We find it in the story of David, the shepherd who becomes king. Jesus takes that theme one step further when he says, I am the good shepherd, I am the, the shepherd. The beautiful one, literally. We might say today, it's a good day because we're together and we're in church. But when we look up into the sky and see that the heavens declare the glory of God, we say, this is a beautiful day. That's the word that Jesus used. I am the shepherd, the beautiful one. The shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He leads them and lays down His life for them. And I hear our culture saying, what have we to do with shepherds? It's not as though shepherding is a common uh, occupation these days. You don't find a lot of shepherds out there. So what's the good of an outdated image like this? But I wondered as I read these verses this week, if we have ever needed direction more than we do now. I wondered if we have ever needed protection more than we do now. Have we ever been more concerned about provision and providence than we are now? Have we ever needed forgiveness? Have we ever needed a Savior more than we do now? I saw about the billboards that are being posted in Fort Worth and Dallas and. Denver and Los Angeles, can Houston be far behind a billboard that says, don't believe in God, question mark, you're not alone, atheists are advertising on buses in England, there are new books by Novo Atheist, my friend Jim Dennison, who made it just in time to preach to you last Sunday morning, Jim had, had debated on Last Saturday with Christopher Hitchens, one of the the renowned atheists in our world. Jim wrote a column recently and said, if I don't believe in atheists, do they still exist? Uh, Atheists have this issue about, well, if I don't believe in God, then he must not exist. Nevertheless, he does. And even if sheep don't think they need a shepherd, nevertheless, they do. And even if we think, as we declare our independence, that we can live our lives well without God, nevertheless, we need a shepherd. Our good shepherd is the one who leads us. And in verse 3, he says, The watchman will open the gate. For the shepherd, everybody else has to sneak in and out. And this text has a context. Unfortunately, chapter 10 may divide our thoughts from chapter 9. But when Jesus talks about these who break in, these thieves and robbers, these hired hands who don't really care about the sheep, He's talking about that religious aristocracy, that spiritual hierarchy that was in place in that day when Jesus, in chapter 9, healed the blind man, and that man developed not only from physical blindness to physical sight, but from spiritual blindness. I don't know who he is, he said about Jesus, to saying... Well, he must be a prophet. He must be a good man. He must be a man from God. And finally, he calls Jesus Lord and says, I believe. But in the background, there are those spiritual leaders who castigate him and excommunicate him from the synagogue. And Jesus finally says, isn't it interesting that this man who was blind can now see? But you claim to be able to see spiritual leaders And you are really blind. And in that context, he says, everybody who doesn't come in by the gate is a thief and a robber. And their intention is to destroy. He is talking about false prophets, about poor spiritual leaders. The same kinds to whom Jeremiah said, because you have failed to shepherd my people, I will give them shepherds after my own Heart, who will help them when they are harassed and helpless. This is the word of the Lord. Our shepherd is able to lead us precisely because he knows us, because he knows us by name. You remember perhaps some years ago Don Thomas come in and singing to us from our platform in worship, and he sang this little simple song, He knows my name. He knows my name. He sees each tear that falls and hears me when I call. He knows. My name. The good thing about our shepherd is he knows us. And if you and I will cultivate what Isaiah calls the ear of a disciple, we will learn to discern his voice. We will be able to hear him when he speaks. And we will know that it is he who is speaking and not another. And we will follow him. We will follow a voice. We will obey a shepherd whom we know. I must confess that before, oh, September of last year, I had never recognized who Taylor Swift was. Now, there are many in our congregation who might know who Taylor Swift is, but I didn't until Casey and her mother, Christy, came to stay in our home for a while, and Casey was on the internet, and she found Taylor Swift's website and was listening to music, and I walked by and said, what is that? And she said, this is Taylor Swift, and I said, is she as good as Hannah Montana? And she said, she's even better. Really? I took note, but I didn't think much about it until we realized Casey was going to spend spring break with us, and, and I said to her, would you like to ever hear Taylor Swift in concert? I had checked on uh, the uh, rodeo lineup, and Taylor Swift was coming. I thought, how hard can it be to get Taylor Swift tickets? Can I just tell you? really hard. I had tried every resource I knew. It was I had just about given up. It was uh, 1130 on a Sunday morning. I was standing down here and I was talking with Laura Bailey Rogers, who also has a little girl. And I said, you know, if we could only find Taylor Swift. To get, she said, wait a minute, somebody just offered me some. One of our church members has some. Let me. And she texted her right here in the church. Don't you love technology? And, and this was before the service, by the way. And she got... <laughs> She said, here, I've got your tickets for you, and one of our members so graciously gave them to us, and so we went. As best I can tell, of the 70,000 people in that stadium that night, there were 69,998 little girls screaming at the top of their lungs. And oh yes, there was, I was there, and Chase was there, and there were a couple of cowboys riding bulls and horses, but beyond that, it was all little girls, and they were absolutely entranced. I mean, they were f- focused even more than you are right now. I mean, a lot more. And I don't mean any... They were really focused on her as she sang. Every word she sang, they sang with her. They caught every note. They tracked right with her as she sang. She pulled out her cell phone. And little girls all over, pulled out their cell phones. And they were waving. I reached in my pocket and got mine. You know, I, we're all waving our cell phones, you know. And the lights are dim. And we're just just focused on all this and then she would she would sort of do this with her hands and they would all stand up and she would do this and they would all sit down it was like a game to her and just enormous power and you know I just have to admit I wasn't as into it as the other people in the stadium were because I don't really know Taylor Swift I I never listened to her music before and she's very gifted and it was a it was a great experience with Casey but I don't really know Taylor Swift and so I just did it because everybody else was doing it but I didn't really I didn't really know the songs or really follow her lead and in the same way sometimes I think Christianity is lost on us because we don't really know him I don't mean to say anything bad I mean I, I think we know about the shepherd we may even know the 23rd Psalm but until we know him we're not likely to follow Him. We're not likely to take His lead. We're not likely to obey Him. But when we realize who He is, when our captain bids us go, who are we to murmur no? He is our Lord. And so we can say no and we can say Lord. But Graham Scroggie says we can never say no, Lord. Because if He is Lord, then we cannot tell Him no. And so he says, I I take my sheep and I lead them out and I lead them in and I lead them around and I provide for them and I protect them. He says, when they don't get that, he says, Okay, let me try again. Truly I say to you, I am the gate of the sheep and the, the, the pastures there in Palestine. They had the little little fences around and there would be no actual gate. And so the shepherd would lie down across that opening. I remember when I was in high school in Germany, our youth minister would have lock ins and the boys would stay in the Sunday school rooms and the girls would stay in the sanctuary and uh, he would lie down across the hallway that separated the two. Just a sort of insurance to keep us safe, if you will. He protected us in that way and to this day we're grateful for that. Maybe not at that time, but now we are grateful for that kind of protection. This is what our shepherd does. He protects us. He directs us. The trouble is it's Hard for us to take direction. I'm sure many of you have GPS now on your automobiles. Three years ago when I was buying my car... my secretary Cindy Lutz said you really really need to get GPS because she was tired of giving me directions over the phone and Larry Bertrand was tired of me calling they get you know we'll pitch in they said if you'll just get GPS but you know I was like no it costs extra money I can call y'all so I didn't get it but we were on a trip recently and I just got it it's the first time I've ever used it you know what it's like you know you can punch in an address and there's this woman apparently in that box and she talks to you and and, you know, it's like a conversation. She'll say, make a right, and, you know, you make a right. But I also had a map, and I'm more convinced about maps than about the lady in the box. And so the good thing about that, she was saying, go right, and I'm like, you know, but I think I should go straight. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it leads unto death. I should have remembered that scripture. So, you know, when you get tired of her, and I just went straight, and she was like, recalculating, recalculating. Like, unplug her, you know, I don't want to hear it. And... Uh, and then I got hopelessly lost, and uh, my family and those who were with us were going, no, you were supposed to turn right. I said, no, the map says I go straight, and I got lost, and so then, you know, humbly, I plug her back in, and the good news is she, she doesn't say, if you think I'm going to help you now, or, you know, you should have listened to me the first time. Instead, she says, recalculating, recalculating, at the first safe juncture, make a U-turn. This is Grace. Our God, when we don't go His way, if we choose to come to Him and hear His voice, doesn't say, I told you so. Instead, He says, make a U-turn. Repent. There is grace in that. And if we will follow Him, He will lead us all the way home. I love the way our Savior leads us. Savior, like a shepherd, lead us. Much we need thy tender care. I remember years ago, I was at uh, Wayne and Alice Hodges' 50th wedding anniversary and and a 95-year-old uncle, some of you were there, Marion Ruggles, stood up and he said, I'd like to sing a song. And he sang this song, Gentle Shepherd, come and lead us. Gentle Shepherd, come and feed us. There's no other who can help us to find our way. Gentle Shepherd, come and lead us for we need you To help us find our way. Let that be our prayer today. The Good Shepherd leads us. But the good news is, He's not just a shepherd. He's also a Savior. So He says, I am the shepherd, verse 11, the Good Shepherd, who lays down His life for the sheep. Just notice that this is voluntary. In fact, He says in verse 17, nobody makes me do it. I lay it down. Of my own volition, Jesus is more than willing to sacrifice His life for ours. He died for us, not only voluntarily, volitionally, but also Vicariously, so he says, I lay down my life for the sheep there in verse eleven and again in verse. Fifteen. I lay down my life for the sheep. He says, I have other sheep, not only for some sheep, but for all the sheep. I think he was thinking about the Gentiles here and saying to his Jewish disciples, not only you, but also the Gentiles, there is room in the heart of God and he wants to lead us and he wants to lay down his life for us and he's never going to lead us anywhere that he hasn't been himself. So Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says that, that we can have confidence in him because He. He's able to sympathize with us in our weakness because he's been tempted in every way as we are, yet without sin. And Paul wrote to the church at Rome in chapter, chapter 5, verse 7, and said, Perhaps somebody might die for a righteous man, but God commends his love for us in this, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Aren't you glad that God didn't wait until we cleaned up our own act and got ourselves together from time to time? Somebody will say to me, you know, I'm thinking about becoming a follower of Jesus, but I've got to get some things right in my life first. And once I do that, and the the truth is we come to Him repenting of who we've been, and He is the one who changes our lives and transforms us. And as long as we're depending on ourselves, listen, it says, He laid down His life for the sheep. He laid down His life willingly, for us so that we might become followers of him there's a beautiful story from the second world war when maximilian kolba was imprisoned in a prison camp and and one of the prisoners in barracks 14 escaped and so they realized that somebody would be punished they finally decided to kill 10 of the prisoners to take them to barracks 11 and and if you went there they wouldn't give you any food and water and when they announced the names of the 10 men One of the men began to scream and and cry and say, I I have a family, I don't want to die, I don't want to. And Maximilian Kolba, this priest from Poland, from Warsaw, walked forward and said, can I die in his place? And they allowed it, and he went. And unlike other times in barracks 11, when the people were starving to death, there would be screaming and crying and cursing. But he led them in hymns. And he loved those men as a shepherd And led them by his own death all the way gently into death and into life. If you wonder where God is leading us. Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. You say, I don't know why God's taking me down this path. I can't understand this direction he is leading. Be confident of this. He is leading us to life. And the one who laid down his life and took it up again is also able to. To take care of our every need. Only the one who is the resurrection and the life could say in John chapter 2, verse 19, If you destroy this temple of my body, I will raise it up again in three days. They crucified him for that. You remember in Matthew chapter 26, they, they fulfilled what he said. It was Jesus' volitional death, his vicarious death, his victorious death. Verse 18, he says, I have the authority to lay it down. I have the authority to take it up again. Remember that Dallas Holmes song years ago? Go ahead. Drive the nails in my hands. Laugh at me where you stand. Because I'll rise again. There's no power on earth that can keep me down. I'll rise again. Death can't keep me in the ground. You say, where did Jesus say that? Right here in verse 18. He says, I have the authority. I'll lay down my life. I'll take it back up again. And He invites us. To follow Him as our shepherd. And not only to see His suffering. Next week as we come to Palm Passion Sunday. As we come to Maundy Thursday and Good Friday. We're going to focus on the crown. We're going to focus on the cup. We're going to focus on the death of Jesus Christ. Voluntary, vicarious, and yes, victorious. Because He knew as He laid down His life that He would take His life again. Here is hope. For all of us who have ever lost somebody, we love. The promise of God is there is eternal life for those who place their trust in Him. I love the, the 23rd Psalm, The Lord is my shepherd. I read Leith Anderson's story this week about the little boy and the congregation who was very sick and his parents called the pastor to come to him. He was very close to death. He had leukemia and And they said, we want you to come and just talk with him. Just comfort him in these hours. And the pastor came and spent some time alone with the little boy. And then, not long after that, the little boy passed away. The parents, when they met with the pastor again in preparation for the funeral service said, we have to ask you a question. Something we noticed when we found him after he had passed away. He was holding on to his ring finger on his left hand. Do you know what that's about? And he said, let me tell you what that's about. I was trying to find a way in the language of a child to help him understand how much God loved him. And so I went through these words with him. The Lord is my shepherd. I said, the Lord, not any Lord, but there's only one Lord. The Lord, the Lord is. It's not just that he was, but he's right here with you. The Lord is my The Lord is my shepherd. And that little boy, in those moments when he was leaving this life and heading to be with the Lord, held on to that truth that the Lord was his shepherd. Let me tell you, these words will take you all the way home if you will believe it. The Lord Jesus Christ, who laid down his life for you, is not just interested in being the Savior of the whole world, but he wants to be my Savior. He wants to be your Savior. Savior like a shepherd Lead us. Lead us all the way to life. Lead us all the way home. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you that you are near to us when we need you. And Lord, we need you now. You're the only one who can direct us and protect us. You're the only one who can guide us and provide for us. Today, Lord, we claim your promise that that you have never forsaken the righteous And Lord, we trust you to provide for our every need, starting with our spiritual need, Lord, the need for abundant, eternal life. Lord, would you lead us all the way home? I ask it in the strong name of Jesus Christ, our shepherd and Savior. Amen.